0: Welcome to Around the Table. At Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Christ, our Emmanuel, God with us. God becoming man and dwelling among us provides a high priest who can understand us, and also a perfect sacrifice that can take away the sins of the whole world. Today, we ponder the wonder of the incarnation.
1: So early in Genesis, perhaps chapter three, we find God is walking in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve and it is such a blessing to consider the value of that and the depth of that relationship that he would walk there with them they would have this this connection that is that is personal very personal to them very personal to both Adam and Eve now we know the sin the fall created a division there, but as we look at the relationship, that is such a powerful message to have God here on face of the earth walking with man. We're here today to talk about the incarnation, and in specific about Christ coming here on the face of the earth to become man, and how that affects the Christian world today and how it affects the Christian story. And it is just a, a marvelous thing to think about as Christmas is upcoming how blessed it is that he was willing to come here and, and be a man, even though he was leaving heaven above and what the beauty that was there. He came here to be a man. I'm here today, Bruce Frank, from the Cisna Park congregation where I serve as the elder with my wife, Sister Benita. And with Brother Joe,
0: I'm Joe Gerber from our uh, Champagne congregation. I serve as the elder there along my uh, with my wife, Sister Heidi. Uh, Brother Bruce, you mentioned the word incarnation. That can kind of be a big word, maybe a little bit intimidating. What
1: What do you mean by that? So that's that's God coming here to to Earth, and it's uh, we, we see that we saw it in in uh, the relationship. Adam and Eve had with God but we also see the uh, the return of that and we one of the terms we use for Christ is Emmanuel which is God with us and though he was man he was he was God with us so it brings that flavor of of that personal relationship available here on the face of the earth
0: you know the the incarnation has always been really meaningful to me because it it shows that we have a god who can who can really relate to us um i i think of the scripture uh in hebrews that's been very meaningful to me over the years uh chapter 4 verse 14 it's in hebrews it says seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens jesus son of god let us hold fast our profession for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need and that idea that Jesus cannot he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities he knows what it is to be tempted he knows what it is to be human it's very meaningful to me on those days when I'm sort of, of tired physically tired and I know that our Savior was tired. I know that sometimes he was hungry, perhaps he was uh, a cold, and it just it makes his presence in my life um, meaning much more meaningful that I know he can relate to me what it means to be human. I can imagine that there were times he was frustrated with his disciples, not sinfully frustrated, but when I'm frustrated, I know that he can relate to me uh, about that as well and there's another scripture too if I could could just share it about his, his humanity that I think is really um, powerful for me. It says here in Hebrews 5, verse 7, talking about Jesus, it says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. And that idea that even though he was the Son of God, fully God, it says he learned obedience from the things which he suffered as a human being. And again, there's something really special to me about knowing that Jesus knows what it is to suffer. He can relate to me in those moments when I'm suffering, and that just means makes him an even greater savior In my mind, and I really, really appreciate that, Uh, Brother Booth. It says here that that uh, once Jesus made perfect, He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey Him. So we see the incarnation is an important part of salvation. Can you unpack that for us? What does that mean?
1: So I want to back up to the anticipation and to the promise. We go back to the Garden of Eden when sin entered in, when uh, God had to thrust adam and eve out of the garden he put the promise there and he said there's going to be a time that there's one coming that is stronger than satan he's going to come and be and obviously there's no one else that is that Mm. capable so christ is the one that would be able to come and do that so as as we look at that we know As he came, he did come as a a man. We know that he came yet fully God. And uh, that promise was looked at throughout the Old Testament. Uh, Just a quick reminder in Isaiah 7, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, or God with us. And and that that incarnation is promised it is it is laid out it is something that is the basis of our of our christian belief that god came here as christ and he was the son now obviously there's a lot of uh, a lot to what christ did and how he taught us and directed us so take us through some of that joe yeah well i also just
0: want to s- Say how meaningful it is. How quickly God made that promise. Sin happens, and He's already on the scene, promising a Redeemer. Uh, that's really encouraging. You know, one of the scriptures you asked Brother Bruce to, to walk through some of the uh, the implications of the incarnation. One of the uh, the scriptures that's that's very speaks to that is Philippians chapter two, and what Jesus actually did uh, in the incarnation. It talks about uh, chapter chapter 2, verse 5 in Philippians. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, you mentioned he was fully God, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. It's because he was equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Then it talks about God exalting him and so forth. But in this passage from Philippians 2, I guess there are four things that I see that that give us instruction about how the incarnation can model how we are to live as Christians in this world. The first one it says here, he made himself of no reputation. I think sometimes we as humans, maybe as men, we're into prestige and status, and it says that he, he took, made himself of no reputation. Then it says he took upon himself the form of a servant. So there's this idea of being a servant, being a servant leader, serving our fellow humanity, serving the church. That's also modeled in the incarnation. Then it says he humbled himself. Humility is modeled in the incarnation. We're not to be proud, not to be boastful, not to hold on to things too tightly then the last thing it says here, he, he was obedient. And that's obviously our ultimate calling as, as Christians, is to be obedient to the will of the Father, to the will of God. And so on a practical level, all of those things were modeled in the Incarnation. It's not just sort of some abstract doctrine. It has real-world implications for how, how we should live. Do you have any thoughts, Brother Bruce, about Philippians 2 and how, what it means to us on a practical day-to-day basis?
1: So just the very term, Christian's, Draws us to the fact that we are to be Christ-like, and as you as you go through those four pieces that that he brought, and obviously this is one scripture, but he brought us such a beautiful example of of how we can overcome hmm. Satan, how we can overcome ourselves, um, how we can find freedom. We, we find so much freedom because he came here. Now, obviously, there's there's implications that take us to the cross and so forth. But we find all of that is possible because Christ was here. I I think about what it's like, as we look back into his earlier life, John 1 tells us that uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And trying to figure out his time before coming here, being in the presence of God, being in the, whatever the, the heavenly realm, and then being willing to give that up, being willing to set that aside and, and acknowledge that in order for we as men to have salvation, he had to come and be a man. He had to be treated like a man. He had to feel the, many frustrations and trials. You mentioned the, the hunger and the, and the tiredness. Uh, he, was, he was mocked. He was ridiculed. Many, many things that he didn't have to deal with in heaven, and he came to do that here. And I just, I just see such a great example. Just, it's just beautiful to see where he put himself aside For our benefit,
0: he had what we are longing for—that place in heaven—and he gave up what we are longing for to come with us. I agree, Brother Bruce. It's a remarkable sacrifice. And you mentioned the pain he could experience. I I had to think. I'm sure, as a carpenter, there were times maybe he whacked his thumb as he was putting something together. He he felt that pain. Mm -hmm. He wasn't. uh, Mm -hmm. He wasn't uh, uh, Wasn't immune from
1: that. Mm -mm. Means a lot. So, Joe, take that Philippians message just a little deeper. As as we look at the gospel message, this truly needs to be communicated to man. How does does this model this for us? How does this show us how to share the gospel message?
0: Yeah, that's a a great question, Brother Boost. There there is a scripture that's always been meaningful to me, uh, and it's in John chapter 20. Uh, Verse 21, where Jesus says this, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And I see in that particular scripture that the incarnation can be a bit of a model for how we are to go and preach the gospel, the good news to the world. I see in in that particular scripture, the first thing is that there is a going to. We've talked a lot uh, today about how Jesus left the comfort and the joys of heaven to come here to this fallen earth and this broken world. And so I see in the incarnation a model for how we are to go to those we are seeking to reach. I, I know for me, it's probably it would be a lot easier if we just sat and let them come to us. Uh, But Christ didn't do that. He left and he came to us. So there is a going to um, that I see modeled uh, in the incarnation. And then there's this challenging idea of a giving up. You know, we have in this country a lot of rights and we like to appeal to our rights. But in the incarnation, Jesus gave up some rights that he had as being fully God. Again, he felt pain. He was tired. He was hungry. And he gave up some of those things he was entitled to as fully God, so he could communicate with us who are certainly not fully God. And so in the incarnation, I I see this beautiful model of how we are to go to the world to preach the gospel. We are to go to, and then to be willing to give up things in order to effectively communicate the love of Christ.
1: So many ways he showed us the path that he's asking us to walk on.
0: He absolutely did. So many
1: ways. He absolutely did. So I think it's, uh, it's interesting as we look at uh, maybe, maybe the uh, broader Christian world, a lot of emphasis on Christmas, a lot of emphasis on Easter, and in our, in our focus on salvation, we look to the cross, we look to the shed blood. We spend a lot of time and effort acknowledging that really only once a year do we spend a lot of time on the birth and the incarnation the 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 fact that he left heaven to come here we need the cross we need the shed blood we need the empty tomb those are all very very necessary for our salvation but none of that could have happened if he didn't come here so such an important thing that maybe we just don't give it quite as much Credibility, quite as much uh, focus as we do the Easter message, the the Good Friday message. Just a, a real blessing to take time to think about it. So, do you have any uh, closing thoughts, or what what are, what have we missed that you want to just kind of put together?
0: Yeah, you know, I think, Brother Bruce, a, a couple scriptures. I, I think the there's a a real paradox, as we've talked about, in the incarnation of this mighty, all-powerful God becoming human. But it's not just that this mighty, all-powerful God became human. It's actually that he became a baby born in a manger out where the animals uh, were living. I just want to read a psalm that I think reminds us of the power of God Maybe just to bring this paradox, the power of the incarnation, this is what it says about, about God, the eternal, almighty, majestic God. says, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters." The voice of the Lord is powerful. God is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve, and discovereth the forests. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood, yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And that's Brother Bruce you mentioned in heaven. Jesus had access. He was equal with God the Father, that power to break the cedars, and to stand on the floods of, of the waters. This, was, this is Almighty God. You think about the majesty and the power of that. But now let's read just a scripture from the Gospel of Luke. Remember Almighty God. And here's what it says, Luke 2, verse 6. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that Mary should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, Again, God in the flesh, fully God, almighty, all-powerful. She brings forth her firstborn son, Jesus, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, in baby clothes, and laid him in a manger where the animals were. Why? Because there was no room for them in the end. And, see, and so you see almighty power becoming totally humble. And that's that's the paradox, that's the mystery, it's the miracle of the incarnation. And I would fully agree, Brother Bruce. We tend during these holiday seasons to get uh, too involved in the hustle and bustle. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just encourage uh, all of us to take some time and to ponder the depths of the incarnation. is really worth pondering this time of year and all throughout the year. Thanks for listening. Around the table is available on AC Central. And now also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Casts. It is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.